before I begin the Dharma talk this morning, asking again for your help for this very, very unusual community whose center is a, is a mind training that is quite powerful, whose roots go back 2,500 years. This is very, very rare. I'm not saying there aren't other Buddhist communities all over the place. This is a little bit different. Maybe a lot different. So if you can, help us. This is, the stronger this gets in the center of this uh, centerless fringe, the stronger the fringe without a center becomes. If that doesn't make any sense to you, then I've succeeded. I'm not talking to your conscious uh, rat race of the mind. I'm talking to deeper levels of consciousness. That hears me. You don't hear anything if you're really listening. If you're not listening, then you think you hear things and you think things about things and think things about things about what you're thinking about that I'm thinking about or you think I'm thinking about. This has no limit. That being said, I want to uh, talk about the vow. The vow is not a cover-up. The 16 vows, but the basic vow is to be with all things. Whatever rises in your life stream, your mind stream, in your doghouse, in your garden, whatever rises, don't object to it, don't agree with it, and certainly don't ignore it. Those are the three poisons. This is in incredibly simple and impossible to accomplish. Accomplish. That's ego language. Wrong, right? Not That's not important. It's just that it's relative and it's about shrinking down into this little lifetime you have that you think is so important. Not accusing of anything. If it doesn't fit, then perhaps I'm, I'm misunderstanding who I'm talking to or what I'm hearing. The vow to be with all things, the vow to save all beings, the vow to put others before yourself begins with seeing how selfish you are, how you continually turn back to me, me, me and my stuff and what I'm doing and how important that is. It's about being aware of that, not about stopping it. Don't get rid of your confusion, your craziness by covering it up with some kind of ideas. This is why the vow, this is why offering flowers, incense, vows, prostration, return, return, return to this, return to the teacher, the teaching, the community, the Buddha, the Dharma, the Sangha, over and over and over. The more it, feel, it feels useless and like this isn't getting anywhere, that's why it's a transcendent path. If it looks like you're getting somewhere, you're probably in a rest area, maybe for the rest of your life. So how that shows up for you, because we're not backed up by a thousand-year culture uh, of Buddhism, uh, as it is in other countries, Japan, somewhat in China, Korea, somewhat in India, where it began for this particular way of understanding began, the three jewels. So we need some kind of a structure because it is an empty teaching. It's empty in that there's no, there's no like salvation or there's no entering into the God realm kind of thing. There are God realms, but those are states of mind, not interested, but not ignoring it. In other words, not interested grasping, but not ignoring it. Uh, shutting down, shoving it away, or pushing it in some other direction. Just receive. 
Just receive it. Whatever shows up in your mind stream, look at it and don't cover it up with thinking about it, assuming you know what it is and whether it should be or shouldn't be. Should that be there? Should I be doing this? Anytime you say to yourself in your mind stream, whether you say it with your vocal cords or not, should I do this or should I do that? Or should I do this or should I do that? The very nature of confusion is that polarity, that either or. Which a while back, uh, the, the, the theologian and existentialist philosopher Soren Kierkegaard addressed in his book, Either Or. I can't remember what it said, but it seemed like it was pretty good at the time, 50 years ago. Either Or, just the title. Just the title, Either Or. Going around in circles, which looks like a straight line to ego. Ego, well, I'm, I'm, I'm on it. I'm getting somewhere. I'm accomplishing this. And going back to square one, so to speak, of the ego orientation, it's not about getting rid of that. It's not about stopping that. It's about it being aware of it because causes and conditions, pratitya samutpada, dependent origination, may have to arise in your particular I mean, mind stream in a particular way for a particular, particular way, uh, length of time. Don't shut down. Don't, don't abandon anything based on hope or fear. But if you need to, then if you're looking at it very clearly, then you'll see that they have no choice. It's choiceless to be afraid or the consciousness is afraid. There's no one who's afraid. But the consciousness, the fear that arises in the consciousness without a self is dependently arisen, belongs to no one. And it comes up because it's being pushed on and altered and affected and neutralized and synthesized and all the other eyesed all along. It's just a constant churning of otherness, apparent otherness to change, thing, change things up. But if you look at it as it is through ability of your consciousness, which you've been mind training, which is operating on a level that is beyond the reach of ego, the ego will keep yammering at you. This is not getting anywhere. What are you going to do? Sit here and look at a wall all day long? You're going to turn into a carrot. And what is the wisdom mind says? Says uh, back to that. Doesn't say anything. Keep sitting. It's a transcendent path, not a mundane path of accomplishment, either, even though it's sometimes taught otherwise. <clears throat> I'm not here to teach that. I'm here to encourage you to see it yourself. It's your business, not mine. See it yourself in everything, in your relationships, in your job, in your community. Return to the wall. Return to that. Sit down, hold still. Sit very still and watch the continued movement of samsara, the wheel of life and death, life and death, is and isn't, existence, non-existence. Very, very seductive and compelling when we are identified with a body-mind complex, we call it me and what I think about everything. I can keep uh, going on and on here, probably for the rest of the day. I wouldn't mind a question if you have it, and I'm also fine to continue. You know, what, what does this path transcend? The, the relative situation of of uh, existence, non-existence, life and death, up and down, back and forth, good and evil, it transcends that. 
is that an accomplishment? No. What is it then? The truth. We have to use relative words, so we can get uh, you. You could come back with some kind of uh, 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 logic around that that will, you know, cause me to leave the building. I won't fight with you about it. I'm here to point this out, and if you're ready to hear it, then that's good. But I can't argue with you about it. Go ahead. Can you buy another question? Is dependent origination random? From the point of view of of, uh, of, of ego, self centeredness, it might it might look like some kind of random randomness. <clears throat> so, from the transcendent or wisdom view, what nothing, nothing happens, nothing occurs. It's an incredible illusion of otherness. That's why you can't cut through it. You can't break through it. You can't. You have to actually see what it is. See that everything you look at, you are. You are that. Not relatively, of course, that person goes their way, you go your way, and you see the boundary between yourself and them, and you don't interfere with them. You don't own anyone. But look at the world. Look at the horrible thing that's happening in our country. Positive, negative, neutral. Wars and rumors of wars is the old saying. It's just warfare, warfare, because it happens at the kitchen table. It's going to happen in the country. If it's happening in your mind, it's going to happen in the country. This is an intense, they didn't call it a delusion, this isn't something kind of mystical. No, this is delusion. This is delusion. That emotion you had this morning is unreal. That nightmare you had last night that a few people have told me about their nightmares already this morning. Pretty real when you're looking at them. But when you get back, you say, it wasn't. It was really scary, but that was unreal. Same thing. This is this is the nightmare, or the dream, or the fantasy. You have to see it. Don't hesitate. Don't miss this. Don't miss your life. Don't miss this time to see what this is. Schedule it. Do if you can't do it with your uh, your will or your intention, then. Find a way to do this so you return to it over. Some people understand what this is in, in a way that they can't do anything but move into this monastery. I'm not inviting anybody to come here, if you haven't noticed. But if you want to come, then you could. But if you can't, then stay where, where you're at and do whatever you're doing. But get get to the cushion of all the three, uh, the three jewels. That's the one that uh, would be the, the Dharma. Get Get to the cushion. Sit down, hold still, watch the craziness of the mind. Don't fix it. Watch the craziness of the mind. Don't explain it. Watch the craziness of the mind and don't cover it up. And the vow is not a cover up. What is it? It's, it goes beyond. It's difficult to say what it is. It's just to, to prostrate or just to, to be respectful of that which you don't know. You don't understand. I don't understand it. You don't need to understand it. You don't need to understand in the conventional sense of how to fix your broken toaster by a new cord. But I am trying to emphasize how really solid everything seems, doesn't it? It seems so solid. <clears throat> our, our health situation, our, uh, our interactions with others uh, seem so solid. And we, we're getting some of that solidity by 
the person related to, we are relating to seems so confident, so sure of themselves. Well, I'm pretty sure too, but not of myself. I'm sure. There's no reference there. There's no one who's sure. There's no one who's even alive here in the conventional sense. There's a body pumping blood so far. There's a body breathing so far. But this, this, uh, this identity is gone. There's no identity here anymore, unless it's, unless conditionally it needs to come back. So ego, this self-centeredness that's here, which is pretty intense, can come ramping up just because of causes and conditions. A very curious situation to, to see something that you you may have thought was well that looks like that's not here and then three three uh, minutes three months later so this and that happens and this happens and then and then you feel this extreme overwhelming self that wants something what's different you don't believe it you don't believe anything anymore nor do you disbelieve anything nor do you ignore anything I, I don't know how else to say it other than there's no demand that is gone. You don't need anything to happen. You might want something to happen, but it's very small. No demand. And worrying about the world coming to an end is going to, because it's been doing this for since beginningless time. It happens over and over, but and and but you don't have to do that. You don't have to go down into that that in, incredibly relative negativity and uh, I don't know how else to say it. There's an old saying, I think it's a, from the theistic tradition that if you don't, if you don't die before you die, then you'll have to die when you die. You know what that's from? You know what that's from? Any of you, any of you Christians know what that's from? <laughs> Go on, speak up. Go all back. It's, it's back there in some writing somewhere. It doesn't matter whether it's Buddhist or Christian. Uh, we're just talking about Meister Eckhart, the 13th century uh, monk who was probably, more than likely, burned at the stake by the, uh, the church. We don't know. He disappeared, though. said, if truth goes that way and God goes that way, I can let God go and follow the truth. One last thing. Dribble, dribble. One last thing, he also said, who is Jesus? He has no name. What does that mean? What is, that? is there a meaning to that? Or is it just, you just hear that and don't know what that means? That's the meaning. You don't know what that means. A little bit different level of meaning. A little bit different level of understanding. Under. Standing. Contemplate the word. Questions? Choose number nine. Can the vow reify someone who puts others before themselves? Oh. You can. Choose number nine. How is that not a cover up? Oh. I said so. It's not. Because uh, that may happen. That's conditioned arising. That may need to happen and happen and happen. But the consciousness that is just observing. The witnessing quality is also not a self. It's just the nature of consciousness to receive. It's just the nature of consciousness to, to receive. You should ask more questions about that because I feel like you're starting to work with your uh, erector set.
Is that true? Question from Liam in Marquette. Would you help by talking about being fed up by the rat race or flotsam of everyday life? Are there Buddhist words for that feeling? Yes. Return to the cushion. Whatever is happening in your everyday life, you have it coming. You, you, you don't, you're, not, you're not to blame for it. It's just that you're part of dependent origination. You know, reach up and grab your own ear. Say, this, this feels like it's existent. And here, it's relative truth. This is relative truth. Did your mother ever grab you by the ear and yank you through the kitchen to get you to whatever where she was going to throw you out in the snow? Oh, okay. So it's that kind of thing. Look at the relative truth. Receive the relative relative truth, and don't abandon it for what you think about it. This won't. This is not going to. This is not a dangerous thing to do. This doesn't mean that if uh, somebody comes and tries to break into your house, that you're going to just look at that and not add anything. No, you're, you haven't lost your mind. You're not crazy. You're still going to work with relative truth. You'll call the police or work with whatever uh, relative situation that you're in the middle of, a town, a city, a, um, a culture, uh, a family. You'll still work with that. But train your mind to see clearly so that you can see what this is. And the, the, the everyday life situation that Liam is uh, Liam, that you're asking about is, I, I just say, continue to receive that and you'll be able to be able to receive that much more fluidly if you spend a lot of time training your mind to receive on the cushion. This is what you're doing there. You're not trying to do anything other than just receive. How do I just receive whatever shows up in my mind? Just receive it, receive it without adding, subtracting, dividing, doing anything. Then when you get up off the cushion, as I've said 300 times, you'll be more apt to, just out of conditionality, more apt to receive, smell, taste, touch, hear, think, see what's in front of you before you have chance to laminate it with your, and I will say the most, the strongest word I can, the stupid ideas about yourself that your self-centeredness produces based on hope for something better, fear of something worse. Those two words although used differently in our culture, are, are inseparable. Separated, but inseparable. Hope, fear. Both of them are. You don't need to have hope. You don't really need anything. You can continue to just run around in the flotsam and jetsam. Or you could begin to see what this is uh, yourself. You have to do it. You have to do it. Bueno. I'll ask Fiyun's question that we were talking about on our way to Wisconsin about demand. Or do you want to ask? I don't remember. Oh, is um, is request a demand? A request no. a demand? For instance, the requests are. I'm not sure. It could be. It depends on all the other causes and conditions around it. Is this from your life partner? Uh, is this from your teacher? Is this from another? Uh, so many things can show up that way. So say more. You say more. <laughs> well, uh, I recall the conversation now. Um, Raise the volume. Was, are, is making a request of somebody, does it provide us a way of talking about 
the relative situation in a sane way. Of course. It's a, be respectful. I'm assuming you're saying you know, just res respect that uh, being respectful of the, of the whole confusion around the whole situation, whatever it may be, that you're able to say, uh, request, I request that we sit down and talk about this instead of just do whatever we're doing. And then if uh, if the other person says, no, receive that. Don't leave what has just happened for what you think about it. In other words, receive, just receive it like you would just receive a door closing. No one's closing the door, the wind blew it shut. In so far as you can, uh, keep it, keep it in that area without maintenance. Keep it without maintenance and reflect on that a little bit. It's possible to do it. And how is that done? Just don't do anything. Don't do anything with it. Don't accept it, reject it, or ignore it more. I'm thinking about the kind of requests that, for example, maybe like a child, like when you come in, I um, put your code on this hook, like yes. a request, and you could translate that in a lot of different ways, but the kind of request that refer to the future future happenings more than just okay right so if it comes with a an eight-year-old or a 14 year old then uh insistent re repetition come back no no uh no over no if you have some anger some irritation about it uh, keep that to yourself you can receive that yourself receive the anger that rises up receive it rather than spit it out on your child or your whoever you don't spit it on them but look at your original intention to get the coat on the hook and also to relate to that young person, I'm assuming you're saying, uh, in a way that's uh, pragmatic, very simple, coat on the hook, not not with anger, but with insistence. If you, if you have to put the coat in their hand, clamp it down so they hold on to it, take them over to the hook, hook it up, and then go, see? And do it over and over and over until they don't want to see that anymore. They will hang up their coat or they'll start training you. See, I want to have more pie. Here's the pie. <laughs> you follow that? They might, especially the, if you're talking about the person I'm thinking of, I, I think their training, their tra training gets reversed quite often, doesn't it? Yeah. Stephen Bowing, you said, um, return to your original intention so yes. if we're looking at what we want and we want to make a request for something we want how does looking at our original intention the vow that you've received is to be with all things so whatever shows up painful as that may feel or be or however is just insofar as you can without without struggle just receive that be with that I would say it differently, a vow to receive all things, be with all things, receive, receive everything, receive your own distress, receive, receive the distress of others, kindness, fundamental. This doesn't mean you're always a, a sweetie pie and that you won't bang on something. Receive everything, receive your own distress, your own discursiveness, your own mind stream, fix nothing. Just receive. Receive what comes to you from others as far as you can. And it's because of dependent origination, it's so variable. You can't, you can't set up. That's why it says in the teachings, in the teachings, don't set up standards. Because if, as soon as you set up a standard, 
then all the awareness about what is, what is constantly moving and changing around here, uh, we start to ignore that because we have our standard now. <laughs> Set up standards. It's a, it's a, that is a support for the self-centered, the narcissism of ego. And some people, once they set that up, if there's no one there to help them, there's no mind training there, the person will lock down on that tighter and tighter. And by the, by the time they're, uh, 30 years old, pretty much carved in, uh, in, uh, asphalt. Yes. Um, how do we know, how can we tell when it might be time to have some control over our own outflows, whether, you know, the ones people can see or can't see, like when we've been observing something for a while, when is it time to make a move? What kind of move? Well, like putting effort into stopping an outflow that you've been that, watching for a while. That will show up and that will, if you're, if you're just observing, just observing, in other words, you're just receiving whatever's showing in your mind stream, which looks like you thinking, but just observe it. Don't add on to it. Don't interpret it. Don't do anything with it. At some point, because of causes and conditions that are untraceable, we see this causes that. That sound, this moving through the air, hitting the tabletop causes a sound. But that's a very, that very simple way of watching causes and conditions is confusing because then we assume that we should be able to see everything that's caused everything else and maybe stop this and start that or blame this person, uh, not blame ourselves and so on. So what is being emphasized is, excuse me, receive, 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 and you'll, and eventually there will be an, an outflow that shows up in the form of you do something because you have to, you have to stop that. You don't think about, hmm, well, is it time for me to actually start controlling my temper and stop hitting people? Silly, silly way of saying it, but it's like that. It's, it's, it's always time to observe and receive much as you can, and anything that happens outside of that, or you could even say because of you, be, you become more and more clear about what's happening, that you um, you just stop doing that. Your, your clarity, your clarity is so strong about that, the nature of that, that you just don't do that. It's like someone who suddenly in their life realizes that. Smoking cigarettes is going to kill me. It's not about a decision so much. It's just about clarity that uh, I need to do whatever I can to stop doing this because it's otherwise my life will come to an end and I'll be uh, I'll have lung cancer or whatever. It's that kind of clarity about it. And that would be different for every person, everyone. It's like you're in a relationship that that's uh, just terrible or unmanageable or whatever un you want to put on there. Um, there's a time to stay there and there's a, there will be a time when you can't do that. You have to leave if it's that difficult. Maybe not the best example, but it's, it's like that. I use that because it can be so intense. If you've made a commitment to be with somebody and so, suddenly they're there, what you might perceive as their insanity is just, a, you can't do this. You can't live. This was not even helpful to them where you just sit there and, continue to receive their uh, um, outflows, which that's how they avoid their own pain is outflow on others. Blame, 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 blame. Well, if it wasn't for you, well, if you'd clean up your act, I'm, I'm fine. I'm pretty responsible for everything. I know who I am, but you guys don't kind of thing. 
Well, it kind of looks like the, the practice and the path might be the best chance at standing yourself. At what? Just being able to stand yourself. So. Yeah. Interesting way of saying it. There's nothing. There's nothing to correct. It's a, it's uh, it's a heartbreaking to see the way people continually fight with themselves about things, keep trying to be somebody else when it would be. Um, it's possible to just be who you are, be the emotions that rise in your in your mind stream. Just give it twenty minutes. Be that that negativity that that confusion that seems to be caused by those guys or that person or her or him. If it weren't for them, I wouldn't feel this way. Yes, you would. Uh, it's just that you would cover it up. And as I've said before, the vow is not a cover up. The vow is more like breaking through something. The reason it's so difficult is because there's no there's no there's no heaven realm promised. Nothing is promised. If you're listening to this teacher, I'm not saying others might not talk about it differently. And is that wrong? No, that's just working with relative truth and absolute truth in a different way. I think it's important to go right to it. Right to the suffering, right to the difficulty and vow. Intend to see what this is yourself so that you can uh, realize your true nature, realize your awakened nature. You're, there is a, an aspect of consciousness, not even an aspect, consciousness only. Uh, is without this bundle and this greedy uh, uh, fist, fist, tightened fist of me, me, me and my stuff and what I need to have and what I need to protect myself from and where I'm going and what I like and what I don't like. In bowing. Um, you were talking about the example of almost spontaneously quitting smoking because whatever, you just sort of see what that is. Yes. Is that... And is that renunciation, bowing? Uh, so I wouldn't be too quick to, to label it something. I would say that there's a quality of that that could be happening, but renunciation has a little bit more to do with seeing what something is. And because of your practice, because of your wall gazing, because, because, because of your intention to see what this is that shows up in so many different ways and is supported in so many different ways from studying the Dharma, from talking to Sangha, from talking to the teacher, from contemplating it yourself, from getting the teachings when they start to show up at the kitchen table with your family, uh, and you begin to see things more deeply, there may come a time uh, and place where renunciation or just uh, the intention to to not continue down that path of destruction or, or of suffering or of warfare. So that may show up. Um, but it is not something that you would do out of some kind of analysis of something where um, so it might be better to be aware of what that is for a little while longer before you you say to yourself uh, enough. So I think it's uh, quite variable in there. The setting up a standard, as I talked about before, can sometimes cause uh, you to be fine for three months and then because of the nature of that that particular you know holding something up but you know hands up you're not going anywhere that kind of making yourself do it uh is an ego situation that is starting to gain some kind of reputation for getting somewhere you know it's three weeks now and i still haven't uh smoked a doobie or whatever 
And, but, but the renunciation, that's the actual renunciation. You won't care. Uh, you, you won't be concerned with what comes and goes. You, you, the renunciation is so thorough that it is beyond the gripping, the, the, the relative confidence of a, of an ego that's accomplishing something. And it is more, um, is, has so much openness in it that the, the, it's the intention that, that continues because it doesn't have a, a, it doesn't have a particular, particularized goal, which ego has a goal. Stop smoking. But the, the, the wisdom mind is, uh, is just about the truth to use another concept, of course. And that may not show up as a, some kind of a credential or accomplishment because it's not, it's completely beyond time and space at the risk of getting too flowery about it. It's, it's, it's going from relative into, uh, what we, another relative word, we could call it eternity or timelessness, spacelessness. More about that, Kevin. Kevin Bowing, as you were describing it, I was, I'm at, uh, the image of Trungpa Rinpoche smoking came up. So if the ego has a goal about getting better, it might show up as smoking for, or stopping smoking. But if there's no grasping at a goal, then seemingly bad behavior may continue to arise. Bowing. Yes. And it starts trunk for smoking and drinking. And, uh, I use the term a lot of people, uh, use. I wouldn't use it, but chasing women and all of the other paraphernalia that, that surrounded him as far as, uh, um, uh, doing what most of the world is doing. Uh, it was my understanding of that because he was my teacher and because of what he did for me was that, he, and this is not a justification. I'm not, justifying or validating anything he did. What he did was nuts. And it was abusive to other people, some of them. I'm not justifying that. But I am saying that his primary goal, if you want to call it a goal, or his intention is to was the, the vow of the Bodhisattva. To be with all things, save all beings, put others before yourself. And the way he had to go about doing that uh, was he was not able to shut down the causes and conditions that arose as that particular a tulku, the, I think the 11th incarnation of the Trungpa tulkus or incarnations. He wasn't able to stop that. In fact, in infiction, he needed all of that energy. That energy was, was converted into, uh, saving all beings, even though he died at the age 47, killed himself basically with the help of the Sangha, of course. They're the ones that went to Liquor Mart in Boulder and bought large bottles of sake. Probably cigarettes too. But they were doing what their guru told them to do, asked them to do. You can't, you can't track down the right way to do this. Uh, that's what the ego mind, that's what politicians, that's what everybody's trying to do. No, there's no, if you listen to politicians, even the ones who are uh, on the, the, you could say relatively uh, sane side of the spectrum of this and that. Um, even that is, if there's no mind training, there's no fundamental mind training, I'm not being Buddhist. I'm not talking about a religion. I'm talking about training the mind to see clearly what is right in front of you at your desk. When, as you open your car door, as you feed your dog, as you shovel snow, 
as you interact with your life partner. See what that is yourself. You can do this. You may need this kind of a path. You may not. I have no idea. Anything else about uh, the Vidyatara? Kevin? Kevin Bowing. No, but that quote that you said before, dying, if you don't die before you die, I looked it up. It's Goethe. Goethe. Wolfgang. Yes, I know Wolfgang. We met uh, three centuries ago in uh, Egypt. Uh, I was a dog and he was my owner. Or I call onerous. That's the same word. Yes. Is it? Uh, it's somebody off in the dissonance. What, who is it? Navid. Navid, that is distance. Isn't he in Iran? Let me have it, Navid. When you say it's vividly unreal, can we compare it with a situation in a lucid dream when you know it's a dream, but yet can touch and feel everything? You could use that if you have lucid dreams. Not everybody has those. But if you have that kind of a lucidity in the middle of a dream and you realize that this this is unreal, yet I can do stuff here. So, but that 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 can happen here too, as I think you're asking about. Yes, you can. You realize that's unreal. You don't really look like Nabid, but you're not different from Nabid. I would say uh, best direct response is yes, with with quite a bit of differentiation in there, depending on how that shows up and what the dream is and how you're functioning there. Further questions? I feel like the 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 ascendant just changed signs. I think when it, what would we be at right now? You bowing. When you say see clearly, yes. what do you mean clearly? I'm saying you see the confusion, the garbage pit in your mind or in any situation very clearly. You see the way this hammers on that and pushes that and moves this this way. And you see it and you're no longer covering it up, no longer hiding out from anything. You're fearless. It takes a while to do this. You have to look at, a, at little glimpses of that garbage. My teacher, Kobanjina Roshi, when asked one time about, and I have to paraphrase, I don't know exactly what transpired, but it stuck with me in that he was asked to, what was a, how to define Sangha, and he said a garbage pit. It wasn't a negative thing. It was just that it's a confusing area that we have to be with, we have to look at, we have to appreciate. We have to even, on some level, even love that because we're not separate from that. It's just, it's just relative truth. I mean, excuse me, ultimate truth wrapped up in conf the confusion of otherness because con because consciousness is so powerful that if there's one aspect, one s slight uh, um, differentiation happening there, it will immediately immediately create a universe of otherness of stars and comets, human beings, goats, and so on. Just look at that. Observe that. So when the, when the mind stream gets very, very negative and we're full of confusion or negativity about anything, even if the attribution might be, she said that and did this, therefore I'm really upset about this. If they didn't cause anything, uh, that's your emotions. They didn't 
then pour a bucket of emotions into you. Your this body mind consciousness that is uh, Yuhang or as Sokazan is is full of things that come and go, come and go, and come and go. But the consciousness uh, in one who sees and and that that can be you. You begin to see what this is without identifying, disidentifying, or ignoring, without grasping passion, without rejecting aggression, and without shutting down ignorance. Just, some, I sometimes say, so that it can be uh, tie into how difficult it may be. If something is served to you by reality, by your life, by your mind stream facing the wall, eat it. If it's served, you have it coming. Not you personally. But the, the consciousness that is without a self, which is already the case in every being, including rabbits, without a self, without a cent central authority anywhere, you can do that. It just takes intention and sincerity, repetition, in order to break into, not break, because there's really no chain but break into what appears to be a chain of causation of this happens and that happens and this happens. If you go through the links on the chain of existence at 12, you can kind of get an idea of where it's weakest at, right where the outflow happens. Out of desire comes, what's the next one? Grasp. Grasp. And I'm not saying don't grasp, but observe the grasping so that you can actually see that you can actually have a, an intense feeling or desire for something, not do anything about it. If you just look at the feeling, it won't, it won't stay the same. It will start to change. You might get stronger, might get weaker. Enjoy yourself. It's fun to feel things. It's fun. It's also painful as hell. Not two, not two, not one. Not two, not one. Yes, sir. Shogun, what does it mean to enjoy negativity when it gets stronger? I don't know. Find out next time you have intense negativity that's getting stronger. Receive it. Receive it. No deviation from it, though. You have to fundamentally, you could say, let it wipe you out. That's enjoyment. How do I know? How do I know? How do I know that? You, you do it. No, no. How do I know that? I don't know. How do I know that? I don't know it. Huh? By not knowing it. I don't know it. By not knowing it. I don't know it. But the ego, anytime anything happens, it knows that. It knows who caused that, who did it, and why it shouldn't be there, and how I can't handle this, and I'm, I'm done with this, and I'm, I'm moving to Europe next week, because I'm not handling this anymore. I'm not putting up with this anymore. I've had it up to here. How many times have you heard that? How many times have you said that? <laughs> Did you do anything about it? Probably not. But you like to say that. Don't do anything about anything. Painful. The Buddha did not feed us a line of bull when he said, life is suffering. So you should stay with that until you, it's ready, your time to move to the next one. About why? Because we want something else. Then you can move to the next one, which is what? Number three, number four, say it. 
There's no right and wrong. Say it. After grasping. What? <laughs> Cessation of suffering is possible. Pardon me? Cessation of suffering is possible. Yeah, you were in a really weird space there. But you still, your body was still here. No. You were held in place by that rock suit. Yes, cessation is possible. Further questions? Life is suffering. That's that's just the truth. You have nerve endings. I'm sure you all notice that there's if you if you just scan your body, there's some part of your body that is not exactly happy. <laughs> Everybody's snickering. Why would you laugh at suffering? Wait a minute, Juzan's not laughing. He's taking notes. Michelle Bowen. Go ahead, Michelle. What uh, you're sitting there and people are looking at you and fixating you. How do you does that affect you, Michelle Bowen? Yes, it does. If I have students, I, I I'm a teacher. If I don't have students, then I'm just a an old man dying. How about you? You follow me? I'm not I'm not trying to be dismissive. I'm just saying that. If they're students, then what I've been working on for a long time, then I, I get permission. People ask me, then I get permission to teach. So that's what I intend to do for whatever time there is being in this form. Michelle Bowen, I did not take that as dismissive. I found that very helpful. Michelle Bowen. Further questions? We haven't been doing this an hour yet, so <laughs> there's 42, 42 people online. Is there Sanchu, someone? Sanchu, go ahead. Um, I have a question about, this isn't a clear question yet, but it's about forms and going through periods of time where, um, where I feel I'm doing well, um, attending forms and being there on time. So this is a question about standards that I have set up in relation to the forms and how there will be those periods of time that feel like I'm doing well and times where I feel like I'm not doing well. Yes. Um, missing forms are coming late, trying to do too many things. Um, yeah. What do um in those periods of time where I feel like I'm not doing well, have I lost sight of my intention? With what do I do with that bowing? Uh, you're doing it. It just it, it may not feel like it, but you're doing it. You're a fully ordained monk. You're also raising a child, and you're raising a husband, and you know. <laughs> more can I tell you? I think you're doing fine. And you also live uh, a couple blocks away from the monastery. You practice uh, as much as you can, considering all those situations. There's no, whatever rises in your mind stream about that, uh, don't ignore it, but don't believe it and don't disbelieve it. Don't do anything with it. It's just like a dream. It's just like, if you remember a dream you had last night, which I'm sure you do, and you remember uh, uh, 
the last time you felt in such a way that it caused this que this question to come up, those are not dissimilar. They're not exactly alike, but anything you remember from three weeks ago uh, and anything you remember from a dream that you had, it's the same function there, it remembers. But one of them has a quality uh, with it that says this actually happened. The other one that has the differentiation uh, has a, a, a feeling that this didn't happen when neither one of them happened. So, but that being said, I'll re re return to responding to your question. No, you're doing fine. Keep going. Just continue. Return to the vow. Return to the, return to any kind of image or form in our world that will help you. And it can be a, a, a tabletop with a, it could have a Dharma book on it. It could have a picture of a, a, an image of the Buddha. It could have, uh, you could offer incense, some kind of a gesture towards a, a physical representation of the teachings. It's not a, it's not like it's a holy object, but it might need to be treated that way. So that, because it's about you, it's not about the, the junk on the table. It's just stuff, but it needs to be related to very directly so that you can, uh, train your mind to see more clearly the things that arise in the mind stream. That are uh, that are not summoned that just come up spontaneously. Like I, I think I might be doing something wrong or self criticism. This is the way ego continues to ramp up its uh, its sovereignty, its artificial or imaginary sovereignty over the consciousness, thinking that there's somebody who's someone going somewhere, uh, being successful, being. It's just uh, it's an amazing uh, a charade. You can see it. Just continue. Return, return, return. Find a way to do this for you. You don't have to become a Buddhist. Are there people that feel differently about this? I don't. I think that's up to you. The only thing that I think it's necessary for you to do is get to the wall, get to something where nothing's happening in front of you. There's no motion going on so that you can open and receive whatever comes in, which is how the wall looks, the texture of the wall, the tops of your knees, possibly your out of peripheral vision, your A spot or awareness around the peripheral awareness around what you're looking at so that you can receive all of that. And you can receive and the, the, if you do that with the eye mind, then you'll also do it with the ear mind, the nose mind, the tasting mind, the thinking mind. Visual, visual awareness is very powerful in terms of looking like it's something else. That's why it works so well to have the eyes open when you're meditating rather than closed. People close their eyes to meditate in order to get to a state of mind that is serene, not interested in serenity. I'm interested in the truth. And you may have to go through a lot of difficult stuff to see the truth. And I'm here to encourage you to do that. Further questions? Brian Bowie. Yes, Brian. Um, will we know when it's time to move on to the Second noble truth. You'll know. And, you know, conceptually, you can, you're going to do it. We, we see all of them. But to, to look at the suffering and realize that the Buddha, this is not nihilism or negativity. It's just the truth. We have nerve endings. And if you really uh, look at your daily situation, there's a, a quality of discomfort happening uh, all, all day long in some way. Something isn't. It isn't quite right. It's like the description of a of a portrait. Uh, a portrait painter, I uh, can't remember who it was, said, uh, 
uh, maybe you could help me, that uh, the descri- his, uh, dis- his, I think it was a uh, man, said his description of a portrait was something, it is something where there is something not quite right or wrong with the nose. <laughs> suffering. Can't quite get what we want. So that suffering may be a very low frequency, maybe just just below the mind stream. But if you continue to look at the wall, observe the wall, observe what moves in the mind, you will eventually have access to that chamber of horrors. Just a joke. Not like that. Thank you. Thank you. Are we at the end of our sojourn? Is there a final question? Cindy H., do you have a question? Nope. Okay. Uh, no, Wulong and Kevin, that, that would have to be, you'd have to ask both, both of you ask questions at the same time and uh, lip sync. <laughs> well, I was just going to, I looked up the quote. Okay. What is it? A portrait is something, a portrait is a painting with something wrong with the mouth. Maybe that's a different quote. Oh, that's pretty good. Who, who said that? John Singer Sargent. Oh, yeah, that's that's amazing. Yeah. He was a good mouth painter, though. Pretty good. Above average. Go ahead, Wulong. I don't think I could compete with that sergeant quote. <laughs> well, give it a try and I'll evaluate it and give you immediate feedback. I love it when you evaluate me. <laughs> <laughs> Wulong bowing. Um, my question is is along the lines of of Bayun's question about um, uh, when you receive a request from someone when when you receive when somebody asks you to consider something that is received from me in that moment as they just want me to val- validate their belief in that. Yes. And I said, yes, okay, I will consider it. How can I really consider it and not just lip service, even though I am clear or think I'm clear in the moment about what they're asking and that it doesn't feel like what their, their way of seeing it? bowing. So it could be several ways. My response would be uh, just leave it at that. Just say, I'll, I'll consider that. I think that's good. Say, and you can even uh, do a little bit of a pacifying on it. You could say, uh, interesting, interesting viewpoint. You pacify it a little bit so that it doesn't look like you're immediately coming out of the trenches and going to war with them. So cause, because it, it, it may be helpful uh, the interaction with you is much more helpful if there's no warfare, even though there might be somebody trying to start one. Uh, you could say, interesting point of view, I'll, I'll contemplate that. And then let them get back to you. They don't do anything else with it. Then they will come back and say, so did you think about what I said, that the whole world is uh, this or that, and things really need to be done this way or that way? Did you think about that? And then because you've been given permission, you could say, yes, I did reflect on that. And, uh, and, and depending on who it is, I'll give you three selections here. Uh, you could say, and, and then you could have four or five that you can make up because it's just like that. It's dependent on the person that's in front of you and how their eyes look and how their body language is. And 
and uh, how much aggression is there. It's not an evaluation thing. It's just you know it immediately because you've been looking at your own aggression for years. You recognize aggression, even though it's a smile on the face. And so depending on whatever is showing up in front of you, you may say any number of things. I'll give you three, as I said before. And one of them is, uh, I don't agree. And the other one is, uh, uh, I think I think you're full of shit. And then the other one is, uh, get out of my house. How are those? I could I could give you about fifteen more, but I won't. But do you see what I'm saying? It's a, it's a, it's I'm doing that not because you should go to any one of those, and you already know this. But it's just that you should don't 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 think up anything ahead of time. You receive it. It seems kind of irritating or nauseating, or or it shows you how confused that person is. And that person is probably, I'm speculating here, is throwing up that kind of stuff because that's how they get rid of their own suffering is to blame or go. And so then, so uh, the, the next option, number four would be, uh, uh, I'm sorry you're feeling so, so bad that you have to come up with that kind of rhetoric, that you're, you're using that rhetoric to cover up your true feelings. You could, it's possible. Or then we could go on and on. You don't have to turn into a, a Wulong, the therapist, particularly. But it, it really is dependent on if this is a somebody really close to you, somebody you see once a month, or somebody who's a Sangha member, someone who is a... Go ahead. It, it is someone very close to me. Yeah. And it's uh, the exchange is specifically an observation that they have made about me that I, I'm not buying, but I want to give space yeah. For consideration. Yeah, that, that's so that that would go back to the say, yeah, interesting that you say that. And uh, you could even comment on it a little bit so that they, because I'm sure you could do that and say, you could give them a, a little bit of validation so that they'll continue to come to you with their cover up of suffering. Hmm. So just so you, you don't have to turn into their, their, their guru or their psychiatrist or something, but just. Keep the relationship as soft as you can without uh, ignoring the, the, the shit that's flying through the air. Well, I'm bowing. So this is an example, as you often say, of receive, receive, receive. It is. To keep it open, open, open. It, it is. You, you could say it that way. You're not keeping the openness. The openness is already the case. You're just not filling it up with your own bullshit. Thank you. You're welcome. Very good. I think we can close. Hi, I'm Senshu, one of Sokuzan's monks. Sokuzan offers his wisdom tirelessly with complete love and devotion. If you value these teachings, Sokuzan, the mandala of Sokukoji, please consider donating at sokukoji.org. Thank you.